Hello and welcome to the Green Poles podcast. I'm here with uh, an ex-player um, who made 102 appearances, scoring 13 goals, spent a few years with the youth um, and then ended up managing the first team for just over a year, Kit Simons. Um, how are you doing, Kit? Yeah, very good, thank you. Good. Um, thanks for taking your time to talk to us. Can you tell us a bit about what you're doing now? Um, and what do you say um, Yeah, so at the moment, I'm um, <coughs> club level working over in Greece um, with Cookie, um, Chris Coleman, uh, working at uh, Atromatus, which is a Greek Super League team uh, based in Athens, or Pedestelli to be precise. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we came, we, we, we took the job on in January, uh, sort of halfway through the season. Um, the club were really struggling in a, in a bit of a, a bit of a pickle, to be honest. And we um, we went in and, and sort of a bit of a firefighting job, sort of turned it around and, and managed to keep the, keep the club up um, and decided to stay on for uh, for another season. So uh, we're back out, back out in Athens. Season's just started. We had our first game on Saturday. Um, and yeah, looking forward to it. Still really enjoying it. And um, Athens is a great city to be based in. And uh, as well as that, I'm assistant with the Wales team. Um, again, having it's not like my third stint doing that assistant for Wales now. And obviously, we just qualified for the World Cup. So, uh, looking forward to getting out to Qatar in November as well. Yeah, that, that's going to be uh, some tournament. Is it one you're looking forward to? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's obviously the fact it's in Qatar, there, so there's a lot of issues surrounding it that have been well documented. But... Um, there's different ways of looking at it. And, you know, for Wales, we obviously hadn't been to a World Cup since 1958. So it was it was something, you know, playing for Wales and then going on to the coaching side with the national team is something I've dreamed about. So to we, we had a couple of Euros, which have been brilliant experience. But to, to now be, have a chance to go and experience a World Cup as well is, is something I'm really, really looking forward to. Yeah, that Euro tournament in, under Cookie um, for Wales... You know, as an as an Englishman watching it on, a bit jealous. Um, but what was that experience like uh, doing that with a, a great friend in Cookie? Well, <laughs> the timeline of it because I was um, I was assistant uh, all the way through qualification up to the Belgium game. Uh, we beat Belgium at home in June, hmm. um, <clears throat> but then I was at the time I'd be I was Fulham caretaker manager. Yeah. Um, but then I got offered a job on a permanent basis. Yeah. And so I had to give up the Welsh job. So just basically my last game was, was Belgium at home. We beat Belgium 1-0 in Cardiff, um, Gareth which Bell's was the game, that, the game that got us qualified, really. You know, it wasn't mathematically, but that was the big one. Um, winning that game pretty much made sure we, we qualified for, for the Euros. Uh, but then I had to give it up <laughs> for the Fulham <laughs> job. We, Full time, and then obviously I got sacked. Um, and so going into the Euros, I, I went and I was doing the opposition scouting because Paul Trollope, then, who was obviously ex Fulham as well, yeah. came in as assistant to take over the last couple of games of the of the qualifying and the tournament. So um, it was sort of like bittersweet for me in a in a way. So I was out there doing all the scouting. I'd go and meet Cookie before uh, I missed our first game, Slovakia, because I was doing. Uh, the England-Russia game, I had to do a scouting report on, on Russia. Mm. Um, 
in, in Marseille. So I, I was out there for that game. So I missed our first game. But all the others I went to, and I'd go and have a cup of tea with Cookie before games and have a chat with him and stuff. And But it was it was a bit of a different experience for me because I wasn't directly involved with the team yeah. um, because of the situation. So to get the opportunity to go out for the Euros last summer, um, working with, with Robert Page was, was brilliant for me. You know, I really enjoyed that. Uh, to actually experience that at last, because I sort of felt I missed out a little bit. Yeah, uh, 2016, because you know, I say you know, <laughs> circumstances in football and the way things happen and they pan out would be quite strange. But you know, I, I think I've sort of made up for it now, going to the the last Euros and, and now qualifying for the World Cup as well. Yeah, it's a tournament that, as a kid, I think everyone looks forward to the World Cup um, and having Wales in it in the same group as England as well. It's, it's going to be a, a good few weeks hopefully for for England and Wales um so we will talk about your time at Fulham as a player and as a manager but you joined us from Man City in um, 1998 how did that move sort of come about and was it an easy choice to make um well that was a funny one so I'd, I'd sort of like City I joined City in the Premier League um and then we got got relegated on the final day of the season, my first year, second season sort of consolidated championship. And then third season was disastrous at the club. And we ended up getting relegated. Um, my contract had run out. They offered me a new contract and then withdrew it. Um, sort of last minute. I just had the first, my first child as well. So it was all up in the air. Then um, Sheffield United had actually offered me a contract. Um, they were in the championship. Um so I met with them and sort of basically agreed a deal. But then Cookie phoned me up um, and he was with, with Kevin Keegan. Yeah. Um, and he said, you know, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm with Kevin. He wants to have a chat with you. He said, it's brilliant down here. Come, come, and, join the, come and join the party sort of thing. <laughs> um, so I spoke to Kevin and he, he sold it really well. Um, but I was like, Kevin, listen, I've got an offer from Sheffield United, which is a league above you. Um, mm. There's more money. What they're offering me <laughs> as well, and, and Kevin was just just come down and meet. I know you want to. I know you want to sign if you come down and meet. And so I did. I gave him the courtesy because it was Kevin Keegan, and obviously Cookie was a mate as well. Yeah. So I thought before I confirm with Sheffield United, I'll go down. And so I, I did. I went down to the cottage, and I just got a really good feel. Um, for obviously we didn't didn't have a train our own training ground. We used to train at the Bank of England then. Um, as well, so it, it was like you look at it all. It's, it's the league lower. It's less money, you know. No <laughs> training man. I was like, but I don't know. I just got a really, really good feel about it. And Kevin sold sold the dream, the, the Mohamed Al Fayed dream that within five years Fulham would be in a Premier League. Yeah, and I believed it. And obviously, as it as it transpired, we got there in three years. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just, I just bought it. I bought the dream, if you like, and. Um, yeah, because I, I needed, I, I'd had a bad time. My last year at Man City was, was, was really bad and I, I didn't enjoy the football and I was really struggling. I was playing poorly um, and it was a really tough time. Um, so I, I just needed to get back enjoying my football again. And I think that first season at Fulham was, was probably my favourite ever season playing football. I, I had a great time, you know, and obviously the club uh, was very successful. So it was, um, it sort of was... I mean, it's a bit of a strange call, really. I think for me, if you look at all the facts, that you know, <laughs> I say, that's my league season uh, level below, but it just felt right. 
and it was right, and it was probably one of the best decisions I've ever made football-wise. Yeah, because that season that you're talking about, um, you know, we we won the league. I think Man was that the season Man City come up through the playoffs as well, wasn't it? I think that's season, right. They beat Dillingham. Yeah. Um, yeah. That season in particular, you you formed a you know a great partnership with with Cookie under Keegan. We were scoring goals for fun, and I'm pretty sure that defence broke all sort of records for scoring goals and clean sheets. Um, because yourself, Cookie, I think was it Philip Albert was there as well. Well, uh, Phil came in, but it's, it's to start with me, Cookie and Morgs, and, yeah, um, playing playing three centre halves and. <clears throat> obviously we all got on really well so we were sort of like big mates um, and still are um, but also we, I think we sort of gelled well on the pitch you know and, and complemented each other Yeah, and like you say we kept I think it was at the time certainly it was a record number of clean sheets um, and then yeah I, I scored 11 goals that season I think Cookie and Morgs were sort of six or seven each as well so as a goal scoring return from your three centre halves was, was sort of like incredible as well, really. But Frank Sibley used to keep us out there for ages after training, just getting Stevie Hayward just to knock a load of corners <laughs> in and we just attack it and have it go. We go, Frank, come on, let's go in. No, no, a couple more, son, a couple more. <laughs> he kept us out there, Frank, but he was brilliant. And listen, it, it, you know, it, it paid dividends. And uh, as, as I said, we had a, you know, a real good return on goals from, from set pieces from, from the three of us. Yeah, even the, the strikers, you had uh, it's a pesky uh, horse field. The, the team in general, you know, it's, it's one that I look back with fond memories, so I'm sure you do. Um, and we won it, you know, convincingly as well. Now, going into Division One, that's when another Welsh, a Welshman, Andy Melville, came in. Um, how, how was that for you? Because then the, at the start of the Division One season, it was sort of a, a Cookie and Melville combination, wasn't it? Um, how did you find that? Uh, yeah, well, also, I mean, Melv was my mate for years as well, you know, mm. so through, through the Welsh setup. So I was sort of big friends with him already anyway. So he came in. But it was, it was frustrating because obviously then uh, Brace took over as manager. Um, and he, he bought Melvin because he played with him at Sunderland. So they knew each other really well. So, yeah. you know, when a manager brings his own player in and he's, you know, generally he's going to play him. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was tough. Yeah. And it was a bit frustrating not playing because, you know, the season before, I think I'd, I was never present or I might, I might have missed one game. I think right at the end, maybe I can't remember, but um, pretty much played all the games, you know, and was, was a, a regular starter uh, under Kevin. Um, and so, yeah, to suddenly go from that and having such a great season and scoring so many goals and, and probably the most enjoyable season of my life to then, um, you know, being a bit, little bit in and out. Well, it is frustrating, you know. I, I'm, I was one of them. I just, I just want to play every week. Um, so, yeah, so it was, it was a bit difficult. But, I mean, it, it sort of did make it easier that it was my mate who was, yeah. who was playing as well. So, Cookie and Mel were both, um, you know, big big mates of mine as well. So, um, not easy, but you know, it, it was such a good. We had such a good group of players and a togetherness that, as, as disappointed as I was when I didn't play, you know, you're wanting your mates to do well and the team to go and be successful and to win games. So um, it was a real. We had a real close knit group of players as well, which which certainly helps. Yeah, and the, even the Division One season, 
when we got promoted to the Premier League, uh, Chris Coleman had that, you know, that sad injury, which, you know, did end his career. But what, what, what were your memories of that time in particular? Um, because, you know... As, as... I mean, that's, again, it all changed and that's when Tigana came in. And, yeah. Um, it was a completely different way of playing for us and training and everything completely changed. Um, but we brought in some really good players as well. You know, so obviously John Collins coming in, Louis Saha came in and just Lika. players like that. But um, it was it was it was brilliant. I mean that was like I say my favourite season playing was was the first one at Fulham under under Kevin. But the the for watching, you know, because a lot of the time I was sub uh, that season and, and watching the way the team played, it was just incredible. Um I mean, Louis Saha especially just absolutely ripped up the championship. He was he was he phenomenal. But the, the whole style of play, and I remember we played a pre-season game against Brentford, which is um, quite topical, having just beaten them in the league, I suppose. <laughs> but we played in pre-season, um, we're playing out from the back, Tagana was getting us to play out from the back. And so we were we were cruising. Half-time, obviously, I can't remember who their manager was at the time, but he, he said, listen, just we've got to try and stop them playing out of the back. So he just went and pushed four up against our back to stop us playing out um, from, from Mike Taylor. And so Mike just started kicking long. Tigana was going mad. And we were like, what do you want us to do? We're being marked. And he's like, find a solution. Find a, so if, if they push on, find the next one, the next available one. And, you know, you still, you had to play. We had to play at all times. Um, and he sort of drilled that in. And he, he, was, he was really good in that way. And it was, he was very much like, you know, if, if, if it goes wrong, you trying to play, I'll take... I'll take responsibility for it. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, the whole style of play and some of the football we played that season was, was brilliant, I've got to say. And like I say, Louis, Louis especially was, was phenomenal. Yeah, there was nothing he couldn't do. So he had a left foot, a right foot. He had pace. He could head the ball. He was the complete striker. And at yeah. times that season, we did, you know, toy with teams and, and made them look below average. Because um, Sahar scored was a 27 league goals and five goals on the card, and he scored 32 goals in his first season. Yeah, it was incredible. I remember, yeah, I mean, that, that was a season where um, Graham Soonis was Blackburn manager, and we were sort of like vying at the top of the table. We were we were above them, but hmm. so, I remember before we played them at Ewood, Soonis coming out saying, um, yeah, Fulham might be top at the moment, but we're the better team and we'll prove it, and this, that, and the other. And then obviously that game at Ewood when Sean Davis. Um, yeah, that was that was just phenomenal. Obviously, Rufus got sent off early doors, and so we we did a lot, and we go down. I remember as well. Yeah, um, and so hard to score just before half time, didn't it? Yeah, and then and Sean gets a winner. And that's the only time we've ever seen Tigana get animated running down the touchline. <laughs> Mourinho esque. It was brilliant. Yeah, the matchstick uh, in his mouth. Oh yeah, fantastic. <laughs> that was that was an incredible night, and that's. Again, effectively for me, that was the night we won the league, you know, beating, it wasn't mathematically, but beating them on their own patch with, with 10 men for most of the game was a, was a real dagger to the heart for them. So it was, it was a brilliant, brilliant night. Yeah, yeah it's a, that, that season, you know, even to this day that, you know, you will get spoken about in such high regard. Um, and even now, again, you see the likes of Sean Davis and Barry Owens are always in and around the fans now when they all, Talk about their memories of 
certain nights out, certain things that they did, which they kind of weren't happy with. <laughs> hey, listen, they don't want to be talking about nights out, those two. Don't worry about that. <laughs> they want to be keeping quiet. <laughs> hey, listen, if you want to share some memories, I'm sure we'd all love to hear uh, a few listen, nights this, out. <laughs> this could be a whole different podcast. You <laughs> yeah, it is, it is meant to be a family show, but I'm sure uh, we yeah, can make well, a, a we'll few exceptions. <laughs> so... When we got promoted, we saw the likes of Goma come in and Abiswadu, which meant that, again, your playing time, you know, it, it didn't sort of evolve how I'm sure you would have hoped. Was it a wrench to leave Fulham when you did? Um, no, I wouldn't say a wrench. I mean, I left having, you know, sort of three and a bit, three and a half years, sort of brilliant memories and, and thoroughly enjoyed my time. But I knew, you know, it's getting to stage Premier League now, I wasn't going to play every game or all. I'd, I'd played very few games then. Um, I was still in the international setup, so I needed to play for that. And I just, I just wanted to play every week anyway. So I remember my last game as well, played at Quaven Cottage and we had, we had Arsenal at the cottage and they bought on Sylvan Wiltord and Burkamp as subs. And I'm like... <laughs> That's cheating. Come on, you know. Yeah. I was running around, boiling up day. I was running around, chasing, chasing players around, and they bring on those two as subs. So I was like, oh, I think probably time for a move. I think. <laughs> so I, uh, I went to Palace then. They had an exceptional team, Arsenal, and to be fair, they have for years, haven't they? Yeah. Um, so once you left Fulham as a player, you did come back as a coaching role. Um, because you know you was at the club for a fair few years before you took over as as the first team manager and sort of saved our bacon. But before we get into the the managing side of things, tell us about the your sort of rise in managing the the different levels, doing different things within the club. Well, yeah, I came in to start with actually doing scouting. Yeah. So because um, because Barry Simmons, who was chief scout, and Roy Roy Hodgson was manager. Obviously, I knew Roy. Uh, for a few years, and Barry, who was chief scout, um, and actually he was the chief scout at Palace when I went moved from Fulham to Crystal Palace. I knew Barry quite well as well, um, and so I think uh, I left Colchester, um, and so I came in and just did some scouting for for Fulham, um, just for expenses to start with, uh, and obviously that was the year of the Europa League campaign, so I uh, I ended up sort of going all over Europe, really, um, doing the scouting, just, just for expensive to start with. It wasn't any sort of contract. And then as the season went on, um, I started doing split sort of role, a bit of scouting and a bit of work in the academy as well. I remember taking the, uh, the under-13s off to a tournament in Finland. And I really enjoyed that, the academy work. And then sort of that developed and I started doing, doing a, like I said, a split role. Um, and then I started helping Gary Brazil was was under 18s manager. I go between all the different age groups to start with, mm. um, and then Gary Brazil, uh, who was taking the 18s, asked me if I'd come and sort of like assist him with the 18s. Uh, I said, yeah, great. So I got on very well with Gary, um, and so I ended up doing that then. So, and then Gary sort of pulled me and said, listen, I'm, I'm going to move back to Nottingham um, and work for the Premier League. Um, but I think you should take over as the 18. I think it'd be the ideal job for you and you'd be the ideal person. 
Uh, so we spoke to Hugh, who was the academy director at the time, Hugh Jennings, mm. and um, and that's what we did. So so we we started sort of almost like a transition thing. With, so I was assisting Gary anyway, but I started stepping up and doing more and more, and Gary doing less and less before he'd even told the players that he was leaving. So it became a really sort of like smooth transition. We had a good group of players as well, so we didn't want to disrupt them too much. And um, yeah, it worked out brilliantly. And I, yeah, so then I sort of took over as under-18s coach and uh, that was a job I absolutely loved. Yeah, and so that's when, you know, Felix McGath came in and, you know, it wasn't the, the greatest time as a fan, let alone for the players. Um, and you did sort of take the hospital pass you know, you, you sort of, you saved us from getting relegated to League One, is, is the way I'm going to put it. Um, yeah, well, I'd, I'd, I'd then gone from, I was doing the 18s, and then I started doing the, 20, the under-21s then. The club pulled me in, actually, Alistair and, and Hugh, and said, I oh, we're going to promote you to the under-21s. And I'm like, I don't want to do it. I, I was happy with the under-18s. I really enjoyed that job, and I felt it could make a big difference. And obviously, under-21s is like the reserves now, or whatever, it's, um, or it was the reserves then. It changed to 23s. I think it's gone back to 21s now. But it's um, it's the next step from the first team. So I was getting closer to the first team. I didn't want that at the time. I was happy doing the under-18s, but I sort of pushed into that. And then, obviously, yeah, McGap took over. Um, and, it, yeah, it was, it was strange, strange times to say the least. <laughs> some, some bizarre things were going on. I remember the first game of the season, Ipswich away. Yeah. And I think we had, like, nine... Uh, nine league debuts and ten club debuts. I think Scotty Parker was the only one who played in the championship and had played for Fulham. Um, Ross McCormack had played in the championship for other clubs. Yeah. And then the other nine players were either foreign boys brought in, never played the championship, or young kids who'd been pushed up. I mean, I started with Jesse Yorinan and Emerson Hyman. <laughs> Is it... It was, yeah, it was it was a bizarre, bizarre time, very strange time. And then, yeah, sort of got dropped on my toes a little bit. We had one point from the first seven games and I just got called in. I think it was Forest. We got, got beaten away at Forest in the midweek and I got called in, I think, the next, the end of the next day. And they just said, they you know, the, the manager had gone and they wanted me to take over. Was it a tough decision to make, sort of? I know you said you were a bit hesitant, you were happy where you were, but seeing the sort of state that, you know, from an outsider's point no, of view, it, it looked a bit... It was, yeah, there was a lot of things happening. I wasn't... I was, I was set to leave the club. I, I wasn't... If it had carried on, I was going to leave. Um, so I wasn't willing to sort of sit there and watch what was happening to my football club. You know, I was... I was, I was spitting feathers with the whole situation and what was being allowed to happen. It wasn't right at all, um, and I wasn't going to tolerate that. I wouldn't part with that. So I was also I was going to leave. I told a few people like senior positions I was going to leave, and the last one I had to speak to was was Alistair, uh, and tell him I was going to go. And then obviously the uh, the manager went, and then I t- I sort of took over. Um, so it wasn't I know it wasn't a hard decision to make, and it. I don't know. It was it was it was a tough tough one to take on and to to deal with because so much was wrong. Yeah. I mean, I remember the first day. I, well, that that night I had to go home. I had to phone up Brian Ruiz, um, Amram Bieta, 
and Hugo Rodiega, because those three had just been training on their own, playing their tennis for about the, the previous six weeks. They weren't even allowed to train with the group. Um, it was, it was, it was just out of interest, if you could say. No that. idea. No idea. Just I don't know. No idea. So they'd be on the side of the pitch playing their tennis while the other boys would be training. It was like the most bizarre thing. So, yeah, they're, they're, like I said, there are a lot of things wrong. A lot of things wrong. And the squad was not fit for purpose for the championship. Um, it was a big mess. The club was in a, a big, big mess. Um, at all levels, really. All You know, because they were killing I mean... The good thing I knew a lot, a lot of the, of the young players I I bought through from the under 18s and 21s, so I knew them, and a lot of them weren't ready to play in the first team at that stage, and they'd been thrown in. It wasn't fair on them. Yeah, almost like some sort of lambs to the slaughter type thing. And I'm like, and then the way they were being treated wasn't right, and it's just there's just so many things were wrong. Um, Even but from yeah, a- luckily, like I say, you know, we I, I, one point from 21. First seven games. I don't think I'm not sure anyone's any teams ever stayed up with that um, in the championship. But we managed in the end. We sort of turned it around. We it wasn't pretty always, um, but it wasn't going to be. You know, with like I say, we had a squad not fit for purpose, um, and so the remit was to try and keep keep the club in the league, um, and we ended up doing it fairly comfortably. Yeah. Um, so that was. Obviously pleasing. Then there was a little bit of recruitment in the summer. Obviously, T, Tom Kearney came in, um, Tim Ream, people like that. We, we brought a few good boys in. Yeah. Um, and so we, we were much, much better placed for the start of the next season. Um, but still, there's a lot, like I say, you know, so much. It's, it's, it's difficult to, to build, build a team up and build a club and create an environment that you want, you know, these things all take time to build up, but you can, you can break them down and make them wrong pretty quickly. And there was a lot of damage had been done. And then the rebuild was always going to take a period of time. Um, yeah. And, you know, I like to think, like I say, well, certainly you just look at the, the, the positions, you know, we're 24, finished 17 for summit and then got sacked when I was 12. So, you know, I like to look as, as my time there as, as, considerable progress we sort of jumped jumped half a league half a league table by the time I got ended up getting sacked with us being leading scorers in the division so I like I think I, I sort of like helped certainly save the club when it was in a, a real terrible terrible mess um, and then start start a rebuild that's obviously gone on um, gone on since Do you think the um, the club panicked a little bit in terms of you know, we saw what McGaff did. Even even as a fan, you look in and you go, you know, that, that first game you mentioned in, against Ipswich, it wasn't right. Apart from Parker, you look at it and you go, well, we've never heard of half of these players, you know, and you'll be and then they're being asked to look, you know, try and get us back up to the Premier League. That that team was always destined to well, not fail as such, but they were all going to struggle to come to terms with the physicality of the championship. Um. Do you think, as I said, I don't think you was given enough time, um, you know, as you said. I, I was, agree with you. you was, <laughs> strange, strange. <laughs> but, you know, we did bring in Tom Kearney, who is now a club legend. Um, he will always be remembered and hopefully he still plays for another few years, a bit like Tim Ream. Yeah, you know, yeah. 
you could see there was there was progress being made um, and a lot of fans owe thanks to you for that but in terms of as I said I think there was a bit of panicking involved I don't know what you think on it but where where did the demise start in your opinion was it McGath was it you know the Khans took over not long before our first relegation because they took over and then within sort of that same season things sort of started to spiral where well, I think the- no, I, I think I think it started going a little bit wonky towards the end with Martin Yol, if I'm honest. You're looking at it, it was quite quite an old team. Um, and I think it started going a little bit wobbly then, certainly. I mean, that's why, you know, ultimately why Martin Yol got sacked because things weren't going well and McGat came in to try and save the club in the Premier League, which obviously didn't work out and was was disastrous. And then then I think he was given carte blanche to do what he wanted in the championship. And it like I say, there were so many things, decisions being made and things that were being done that were just so not right. I, you know, I, I, I wasn't going to sit around much longer and watch happening. It was too painful to to be close to it. Yeah, it, it's just... Luckily, we can sit here today and we've gone through that that rocky patch um, and now we're back in the Premier League where I like to think we belong. How do, how do you see Fulham now? Do you still sort of look back with, with fond memories? I'm sure you do have a few fond memories, but did the, the way you left leave a bit of a bitter taste in your mouth? Um, yeah, it did at the time. I mean, it's because it's different. It's, it's, I mean, as a player, like my playing time at Fulham, um, I just absolutely love. Like I say, it's probably my favourite year playing football. That my first season there under Kevin, I just absolutely loved it. It was it was brilliant. So as a player, it's it's one thing. And even when you leave, you know, I left because I just wanted to play football regularly. So so I went to Palace, but I left. You know, shook everyone's hand, and you know, sort of like I had a good relationship with all the fans. But then when you get like when you get sacked as a manager, it, it is different and it hurts and. You know, I had games where, you know, I'm walking off as manager and you're being screamed at by certain fans and things like that. And you're like, you've got no idea what, I've, what I'm going through and what I've done to help, you know, from where we were. You know, we were, we were bottom of the championship at one point from 21 and, and doomed. And I'm thinking, hey, you're shouting at me because, you know, I'm trying working my socks off here. And like, so so that does that does sort of um, does hurt and and can leave a little bit of a bad taste. But then, you know, you get you get over that. And I've been back to Fulham quite a few times since. And, you know, me and Cookie went season before last, I think, and got forever Fulham awards. It was brilliant on the pitch. We got a great reception and, and absolutely loved it. So, but but like you say, you do, you, you, I've got slightly mixed memories. I mean, most of my memories of Fulham are, are brilliant, you know, fantastic. But it, it did hurt a little bit when you get, but it does when you get sacked. You know, you're, you're losing your livelihood and you're getting kicked out of a club sort of thing that you Best you know, you've given your all given your all for or whatever so it's yes yeah, it's, it's it's difficult um but yeah like I say listen that's that's all in the past now and I've been back loads of times since and and always enjoy going back and and you know always get a nice a nice welcome and I will ask you one final question <clears throat> where do uh where do where do Fulham finish this season in your opinion yeah well I think obviously since um, since I sort of left as manager, it's been a bit yo-yo-y, sort of up and down. But I do, I don't know, obviously they've got to a really good start. Um, 
so far, so it's probably easier for me to say this, but I do, I've got a really good feeling that it will be, you know, sort of like a mid-table finish. Um, we'll take that. And I think Fulham, <laughs> Fulham will be all right this year. Do you know what I mean? I really, I really do. Um, I think, obviously, you know, the, the season before with, with Mitro, it was something had happened clearly between him and Scott and it wasn't, you know, they, they weren't seeing eye to eye for whatever reason. Um, but I think, you know, again, he started off scoring goals and, and looking a threat. And so his confidence is high. And, you know, he's a, he's a big player for Fulham, obviously, and he's, he's done it at international level as well. So there's certainly no reason he won't or he can't do it at, at Premier League level. Um, and he started to, and I think he'll continue to. And I think the club, I think the club will be safe and, and sort of like be, like I say, around a mid-table finish. I really do. Let's hope so. Um I'd love to do this again um, in a, another couple of weeks. I'd love to sit down and talk to you more about your time at Fulham because um, I know I don't want to keep you for too long because I've taken enough of your time already and I really do appreciate you coming on. Um, I wish you and Cookie the best of luck for the season. I hope you manage to, to do well over there. And when you do come back to the cottage, you know, as I said, I, hopefully you'll come back and be still in the Premier League and... Um, yeah, I'm sure you won't have to buy a drink at the cottage anytime. Great <laughs> <laughs> like stuff. No. Thank you very much. It's been my pleasure. Thanks, Kit. Speak to you soon. All right. Take care. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.